0: Thank you. Good morning. What a great day. I just love being here at the front and seeing everybody dancing, and I'm going to Kenya on Tuesday. Anybody from Kenya? Oh, no, you're not. That's not a Kenyan response. Anybody from Kenya here today? Oh. Well, I just thought that you gave me a little bit of an African, you know, get me ready for Tuesday moment. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And we're in Leeds. Wow, I love this church. Do you like coming here? Where, where is that man who's doing that? I know it's a woman. It was a joke. I, I, I like this church. You know, I, I, I want to tell you this: that God is here in the in the in the church. I I, try, I don't know. There, there's so much I could compliment you on. I, I think you have got amazing leadership, great pastors, great leaders. That are lead- I, I see the humility of Christ in their lives. I um, I see the joy in the church also. And Elam, we are just so privileged. To have you, and to be part of you, and to journey with you. Is anybody here for the first time? Okay. So, if you're here for the first time, if I was you, I'd just keep coming here. <laughs> I may save you, you know, thinking I'll, t- I'll try ten more churches. I'll-, I'll just save you all of that, okay? You got the bus fare, you got petrol, you got to be thinking all oh, that kind of malarkey. Just keep coming here; it's a great place. Amen. Okay, so um, let me read some scripture: Matthew twenty-seven, verse fifty-seven. I'm going to to talk to you on this amazing title. With God, life is never as it seems. Amen? Amen? With God? Oh, I wasn't ready for that, but that's very good. Some of you may be wondering if it's over. Your marriage isn't good. Your finances are not good. You may have lost your job. You may be under threat. There may be sickness. Mountains in front of you. Today, with God, life is never as it seems. And He is a God who shocked the whole universe, the whole world on that first Easter Sunday and still does it today. Amen? So... Verse 57 As evening approached, there came a rich man from Arimathea. His name was Joseph, who had himself become a disciple of Jesus. And going to Pilate, he asked for a Jesus' body, and Pilate ordered that it be given to him. Joseph took the body, wrapped it in a clean linen cloth, and placed it in his own new tomb that he had cut out of the rock. And he rolled a big stone in front of the entrance to the tomb and went away. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were sitting there opposite the tomb. Let's go into the next chapter, chapter 28. After the Sabbath at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. And there was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. And his appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. And the guards were so afraid of him that they shook and they became like dead men. It's great, isn't it? And the angel said to the woman, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen. Just as he said, come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, he has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. I have told you. A woman looked out of a window and she, she saw her German... Shepherd dog shaking the life out of a neighbor's pet rabbit. This is a true story. Problem is, is that her family did not get on with her neighbor's family. So this was really mightily awkward. And she was thinking, this is going to be an absolute disaster. What am I going to do? So she ran and grabbed a brush. And she pummeled that dog until that dog dropped that dead rabbit out of its mouth. Oh, no, no you don't like rabbits. And she panicked, and she didn't know what to do. So she picked up the rabbit, and she took it inside, and she gave it a bath. And she blow-dried this dead rabbit to its original fluffiness. Yeah, and made it look presentable and... Um, then she snuck back into the neighbor's garden and she opened the rabbit cage and she propped up the rabbit. I just saw some children on the front row. This may not be a true story. Do you not have a children's ministry in this church? What's the matter with you? Talk about it later. rabbits go to heaven with Jesus. <laughs> and she popped the rabbit inside the cage and then quietly went back into our house. Only 10-15 minutes later, there's screams coming out of the neighbor's back garden. Screaming and screaming, our rabbit, our rabbit. She ran outside. She said, well, what, what's happened to your rabbit? And they said, our rabbit is alive. It died two weeks ago. We buried it. It's now alive. isn't that a good made up story (laughs) Um, people in the ancient world they knew that um, dead rabbits tend to stay dead and um, they also knew that dead rabbis they stayed dead too Um, There's a scholar called N.T. Wright, and in his book, Who Was Jesus?, he writes this. There were many messianic movements in the first century. And in every case, the would-be messiah got crucified by Rome, as Jesus did. And then this is what he writes. In not one single case do we hear the slightest mention of the disappointed followers claiming their hero had been raised from the dead. They they knew better to do that. Except, except the followers of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen? The only one, the only story. We read this just now of a man called Joseph who came and placed into his own new tomb what he cut out of the rock. And he rolled a big stone in front of the entrance. With God, life is never as it seems. And I want to tell you this morning, no matter how you've come into church today, God is still at work even when you think he stopped. It may be a silent Saturday. It might be a time of nothing. It might, you might think it. You, people may have said it's over. But with God, it's not over until he says it. He's a God who can come and turn things around for you. And he can make something look completely different. This costly new tomb was given for a costly life. He's a a rich man, prominent member of the Jewish council. And through an act of devotion to Jesus, he gives everything. It costs this man something, maybe a year's wages, to give a new tomb. And according to Jewish law, only people... Within your own immediate family could be buried in the same tomb. So, what he's doing is that he is, this is not just a loan, he's going to get it back. This is a, an absolute gift. It will never be used ever again. What he gave to Jesus cost him, but he knew that what Jesus had given to him had cost him so much more. The Bible says in Revelation. 5 verse 9. You, Jesus, are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain and with your blood you purchased, speaking about the cross, with your blood you purchased for God persons from every tribe and every language and every people and every nation. It cost Jesus. The cost on Jesus was that of following the plan of God right through the annual Passover celebration made by the high priest and the sacrifice for the sins of the Jews. And the timing of Jesus' death became such a meaningful event for those early followers of Jesus, perhaps as far back as Moses. The Jewish priests were traditionally slaughtering the Passover-sacrificed lamb at 3 p.m. With the blow of the shofar, and then the sacrifice of the animal, and then a prayer that God would forgive the sins of the Jews. At exactly 3 p.m., when the Passover lamb was being killed, Jesus looked up into heaven and said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Jesus stayed on the costly path and became the sacrifice, not just for the Jews, for the sins of the whole world and the, and the sins of every man and woman and young person in this building today. Just as the blood of the Lamb on the doorframe of those Homes of God's people in Egypt and the angel of death passed over. So, the blood of Jesus, the Lamb of God, breaks the power of sin and death to all who believe in Jesus and make Him Lord and Savior. Amen? Amen. The, The costly new tomb was given for a costly life. Secondly, the big stone sealed the living stone. God put himself in a dark room, and he allowed them to seal it shut. The light of the world was entombed in darkness. God allowed man to do his worst. Nothing is blacker than a grave or more permanent than a tomb. But I don't want us to talk about the big stone, I want to talk about the living stone. The Bible says he will be a holy place. He will be a stone that causes people to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. See, I lay a stone in Zion, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone for a sure foundation. And as you come to him, the living stone. Rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him. Let me remind you of the Bible story. Abraham, two days to travel to the region of Moriah to follow instructions to sacrifice his son. The Bible says on the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. It was the third day, the day of great trial for Abraham, that God came and substituted Abraham's son for Aram and rewarded Abraham for his obedience. For two days, Moses led the people of Israel in the consecration and the cleansing of their lives. But the Bible says on the morning of the third day, there was thunder and there was lightning and a thick cloud over the mountain and a very loud trumpet blast. Everyone in the camp trembled. In the midst of that great fear, God descended in His holiness and called Moses up to the Mount Sinai and gave Him the commandments. On the third day, God promised Hezekiah he would be healed and given fifteen more years. On the third day, Esther went before the king of, of the Jew, king for the Jews. On the third day, Hosea says, "God will restore to us so that we may live." In his presence, you may know the first day of pain and you may be in a second day of nothing is happening. And I don't know what's going to happen next. But I'm telling you, we are people not of the first only day, the second day. But we are people of the third day. We are people of hope and we are people who stay on course. And we are people who will see God move in our life. Amen. Amen. Because with God, life is never as it seems. Thirdly, who will roll the stone away, people said, the women said, and their question revealed their own limitations. But on that day, they found the answer that God has no limitations. The gospel writers say that there was a violent earthquake Luke says they found the stone rolled away from the tomb that we read this morning. John says, early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. The gospel writers are clear, rolled back, rolled away, removed. There are no limitations with God. He rolls back, he rolls away, and he removes any limitations off you as well. The Bible says Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. And all that night the Lord drove back the sea with a strong east wind and turned it into dry land. The waters were divided. The God who rolled back the waters is the God who rolls back the blockage to his presence. And if you cannot find God today, if you don't know where he is, and if you feel you're at distance from God, God is the one who will remove the blockage between you and Him so that you can have relationship with Him this morning. Amen? Bible says, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, Joshua says, the Lord Lord said to Joshua, today I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. So the place has been called Gilgal. The God who rolled away their shame is the God who rolls away and takes away your guilt and your shameful past and what people say about you and what you say about you because of what you have done. Therefore, there's now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There are no limitations with God doesn't matter if people put you and trap you and contain you and say you'll never be that woman that you're called to be. You'll never be that man that he has created you to be and purposed for you. No matter what limitations, God is a God who says with me, life is never as it seems and I can break all limitations. I've done it once and I will do it with you. As far as the East is from the West, so far has He removed our transgressions from us. No limitations. Fourthly, they ran to the rock, but by the end of the day, the rock would be sending them out. You see? We know that the Gospel writers say that the women went to look at the tomb, they were on their way to the tomb, They ran to the tomb, bending over. They saw the strips of linen lying there. Went away wondering what's happened. Peter and the other disciples start to the tomb and they run into the tomb. I wonder this morning, you've come to church. I wonder if you are here, man and woman, whether you will run to Jesus Christ today. The Bible says that Jesus Christ is a rock. He's firm. He's stable. He's secure. He's the anchor of your soul and He will hold you. He's the rock Within the Bible, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. I'm weary and I'm burdened of this life and I come to you. Let me tell you what weary and burdened is. It's not knowing that your sins are forgiven by God. That's what weary and burdened is. It's having to strive at being religious, hoping that God might be happy with you. I'll tell you what weary and burdened is. It's not having eternal assurance and knowing where you will be when you die. Let me tell you what weary and burdened is. It's living a life away from God. But He calls you, come to me. Come to the rock. Not the rock who entombed Jesus, but the rock of God jesus christ and he will forgive you and he'll lift the burden of you trying to have a relationship with god and trying to move through this life and he will give you eternal life the fifth thing i want to say is this that they had hoped to enter the tomb but on that day they entered a resurrection experience The Gospel writer Mark says, as they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe, sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. Do you remember that day when you came into church for the first time and you didn't realize that actually you just thought you were going to come into a church building and you came actually into a resurrection experience? Do you remember that time when you first had that first conversation with a Christian that made sense? You just thought you were speaking to a Christian, but actually you were entering into a a resurrection experience. You may be that person today. You come in, it's Easter Sunday. You're going to go home soon. You come in to sing songs. You come in because it's Easter. But today could be a life-changing moment. The woman had come to the tomb to honor the past, to share their memories of what had been, what could have been, and their walk. To the tomb was a walk of defeat. He's gone. Jesus is dead. Maybe today all you know is the pain of your defeat. Maybe all you know is the story of your life is Difficult right now. and Maybe all you know is the sin of your life. The sin that's been committed against you. The sin that you've committed. You can have a resurrection experience today. When you've been raised to a new life. You don't want to go back into the deadness of sin again. When Jesus rescues us from the trauma of the grave, there's a new reckless love for him. Men and women of the resurrection are unstoppable. We may not look much, but in the hands of Almighty God we can do great things. The men and women of the resurrection are the men and women of Sri Lanka today, who despite the warnings of what was to come, this morning they said, still, I'm going to my church and I'm going to praise God, and I'm going to worship God and lift up songs to God. And we hear this morning of those churches that have been bombed and those churches where 150 or the more than that have been taken from this life but men and women of the resurrection are unstoppable people because of what jesus has done in their life with god life is never as it seems where we don't run away we run towards we have an amazing message whatever has hindered you in the past need not hinder you anymore The broken hearted can find healing. Those locked up in a prison sentence of life can find joy again. Those who are mourning can find comfort. And those who are living in darkness can come into the light again. How and why? Because with God, things are never what they seem. And you may have written over your life and people may have spoken over your life a sentence. Something that is definite. This is definitely how it is. And I'm telling you today that that's what they did on Good Friday. That's what they did on. Easter Saturday and on Sunday they realized we must never ever ever say that God cannot he cannot turn things around because with God life is never as it seems the costly new tomb was given and we look at the tomb and we think wow that's so it costs so much but actually the truth is It was given for a costly life, a life that paid far more cost than that tomb. The big stone, you look at the huge stone that sealed that tomb. But it's not what it seems, you see. Because behind that big stone is the living stone, the living, breathing, eternal God. The image of God, Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior. It wasn't what it seemed. The question, who's going to roll the stone away, was answered by a God who says, I don't do limitations. There are no limitations. And they ran to the rock. But by the end of the day, the rock of Jesus Christ was sending them into the whole world. And they had hoped to enter the tomb. But on that day, they entered a resurrection experience. Where are you right now? And I'm appealing to you, men, women, young people. As you've seen praises and worship taking place this morning. Where is your life? And do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Jesus is not dead. Jesus is alive. He is raised from that grave. With God... And as you entrust your life to God, life is not what it seems. With Him, it's so much better. I'm going to pr- lead us in a prayer right now. We're going to pray this prayer together. I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer out loud. So just put these words on your lips. It's a prayer. To commit to being a follower of Jesus. This is the prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, let's say it out loud. Dear Lord Jesus, Jesus. here here is my life. This is what I think it is. But I know you see something different. You can turn my life around. You can bring meaning and purpose to my life. Because with you, life is not what it seems. So I give you my life. Will you forgive me for everything that I have done wrong before you? And will you give me new life? I choose today to be a follower of Jesus. To make you Lord and to make you Savior. Come into my life Amen. Before you look around, before you open your eyes, the ushers are around right now with some leaflets and some things they want to give you. If you prayed that prayer for the very first time, or you prayed that and it was a significant prayer for you, we want to just help you afterwards um, we want to give you something right now. And I just want you to, just as every head is bowed, will you just lift up your hand? If you prayed this prayer for the first time, or this was a significant moment for you, just lift up your hands right now. And the ushers will, thank you, just at the back there. It's good. Just keep your hand really, that's it, really raised, really high. And the ushers will get to you. You prayed this prayer for the first time. It was significant. There's a number of... That's right there. Is there anybody else? Yeah, that man there. Thank you. Is there anybody else? Before we just sit up, let me just uh, tell you, speak to those several people who prayed. It's the most... The important prayer that you'll ever pray in your life. And I want to do two, to say two things to you before you leave. Will you go to the welcome desk and just introduce yourself to them? Show them that you were, show them the leaflet that you've been given. There's an Alpha course that Pastor Steve will mention in a moment that will begin next week, and you really should make sure you get onto that Alpha course. But I want to pray right now for you one more time. Let the whole church just join with me as we pray for those several people who have just responded. Jesus, thank you that these several people across this auditorium have responded to a desire to follow you, Jesus. We pray for their journey. We pray on this wonderful Easter Sunday. We pray that, Lord, whatever's going on in their life, that right now you will just confirm and bring assurance to them that they have begun a new path. And Lord God, whatever's taking place, that Lord, you are the one who turns things around, turns upside down, gives a new beginning. Holy Spirit, come and live within them. Give them a new start. In Jesus, I pray. Amen. God bless you.